0: This is the University's Seventh-day Adventist Church in this sunny Orlando, Florida. We are glad that you are listening to our weekly podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and challenged by our message today, and may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our feature sermon. Hallelujah, He's worthy, amen? amen. What a wonderful God. Matthew chapter 5, I'm going to start, I mean Mark chapter 5, I'm going to start reading to you from verse 21. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? And his disciples said to him, oh, you see the multitude thronging about thronging about you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what she, what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Let us pray. Oh, touch us anew, O God. Touch us, just the hem of your garment. Oh, by faith, Lord, we want your healing. Thank you for the anointing in this place. Thank you that you can command things to be, and they are. They will stand fast. Touch us, O God. Bless us, heal us, set us free from our affliction that we may go and sin no more. Thank you, Lord. We love you, we bless your name, and we thank you for abiding with us in this place. Teach us, Lord. We love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We live in desperate times, desperate times. The news are so bad that people have stopped looking at it because people's hearts are failing them for fear. Oh, what a week. Oh, my goodness. We have gone through so much trauma, not just in Orlando, but in our whole world. Everywhere you look, there is death, And destruction, floods and fires, abuses of all kinds. Just this week, policemen killing people, people killing policemen, children being misused, mistreated, people, such violence. People wake up thinking about negative things. Young people dropping dead, babies getting sick, Pregnancies, mosquitoes that can cause your baby's head not to develop right. What a world. Alligators snakes, snatching people. Crocodiles have come to Florida. What a world. Everything is out of sorts. Typhoons and hurricanes, earthquakes. Everywhere we look, we're living in a state of distraction, we're living in a, in a world full of desperation. Where can you go? Not to Iceland. You've got the worst. Only to Christ, amen. You can't go to Iceland because they've got the worst uh, volcanoes anywhere. Then all of them are about to erupt. You can't go there. You certainly can't go to Africa. There's so much pain there. How about India? Oh, my goodness. Do you want to go to to Brazil where there's so much violence? The Olympics may even be canceled because it is so dangerous there. South Florida, the water has turned green. One lady said, she said that we have lost our way of life. What a world. We're in desperate times, and in this story about this woman with the issue of blood, she had a desperate situation. You saw her story, you heard it, and Eloise, thank you so much for singing her story too. She was living a desperate life. For 12 years, she had been bleeding. For 12 years. I met a woman when I was Long time ago, I had a friend who had an issue of blood for over two years, and she was pale and sick. She couldn't have very many friends. She certainly couldn't have a husband or a boyfriend with that much bleeding who wanted to be around her. She was ashamed for the smell that she would cause. But it was worse for this woman because it's a spiritual issue for her. It was a financial issue. It was a desperate time for her. But let me tell you the story. Let me back the story up some. In this marvelous story, and it's recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but in the book of Matthew, it says that Jesus, 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 our hero, Jesus, Jesus, that's the one we go to, amen, for healing. Jesus, Jesus had been preaching there in Capernaum, he had been preaching and teaching and healing. And he blessed the folks and helped the folks. And then there was so much press, he got on a boat, and he went across the water. There was a great big storm. Many other folks got on boats too. But while they were going, oftentimes, whenever Jesus gets on the water, water starts getting really upset because, you know, he was always under attack. But Jesus was asleep, and the poor disciples were so upset. (laughs) Jesus, you don't care that we're going to perish. And Jesus woke up and said, hush, be still. And the winds and the waves hushed. And then he went over to the Gadarenes. And when he got over there, Mark calls it Gergesa. Gergesa. And when he got over there, Matthew says, two demoniacs run down. And Jesus has to cast out a legion of devils out of their lives, send them into some pigs, pigs killed. And so the people were mad that Jesus killed all the pigs. All this happened before this woman, and they sent Jesus away. Get out. We'd rather have our pigs than you. I wonder if folk do that today. I'd rather have my pork chops than Jesus. Never mind. So he got back on the boat, and he came back to Caper- Capernaum, and there was a multitude of people there. Matthew says he went, st- he went to to Levi Matthew's house. He went to his home. And while he was there, a rabbi, a leader of the synagogue, came, and he was desperate too. Desperate times. A lot of desperate times. There's always been desperate times. Since there's been sin, there's been desperation. Amen? Amen. So this leader... This rabbi, they were always trying to kill Jesus, but he was desperate, so he knew where to come for help. He comes and he throws himself down at the feet of Jesus, and he says, Jesus, my daughter is dying. Please, I know if you touch her, she will be made well. And in Desire of Ages, it says, Mrs. White says, that the disciples were surprised that he would go with him. Because they were always trying to kill him. But Jesus got up and went with Jairus, Jairus, headed to his house, which was not that far away. And so while Jesus was walking, there was a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years. But there was a lot of folk around Jesus. And she wanted to touch him. She wanted to talk to him. She wanted to ask him if she, he would heal her. But there were too many people in the way, and she was desperate. So she came up with a plan. I can't get to him. I can't get his attention. But if only I could touch his garment, if I could just touch, I I don't have to talk to him. If I could just touch him, I know he's got enough power. I'll be healed. And so she was able to get through all the folk and touch him, And immediately, Mark says, immediately, she felt all that blood stop. Isn't that good news? We know that it's good news when it stops. Amen? And it stopped. And she knew she was healed. And she started to turn around and leave. But Jesus felt power going out of him. So he turned and said, who touched me? jesus like all these folks bumping up against you because remember jairus was desperate now imagine if you're a desperate parent your child is dying and the only doctor is in the house what would you do to that doctor you would grab him by the come on doctor there's lots of come 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 so i'm sure folk were pushing on jesus and pulling on people pulling on jesus and remember he's a celebrity so There are a lot of folks that want to be close to him because they heard that he can touch and he can bless. And so they're bumping up against him and the disciples are trying to protect him from being knocked over. And so a lot of folks were bumping him. But who touched me? Only one was healed. And he said, and she was afraid, thinking she'd be called out. And she comes and she kneels before him and tells the story. And he says, daughter, now... In this story, I want to tell you three things about faith. Because Jesus commends her faith. He says, it wasn't my garment that healed you, girlfriend. Daughter, your faith, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. That's what he says. And he gives her a name. Because remember, we know Jairus because he's a rich man. You know, it's just like our world. We got issues with rich and poor. This young woman, she didn't even have a name. Jairus had a name because he's a rich man, but we don't even know her name. Jesus called her daughter, and that's the only time in all of Scripture where Jesus calls somebody daughter. The only time he says, you are that intimate with me. Daughter, daughter, your faith has made you whole. And when you look in this story, there are three things that I've learned about faith that she teaches me teaches us because her story is our story. We're desperate. Every one of us have a story going on. Every one of us have something going on in our lives because everything that's going on in the world affects us. When they emptied out Okeechobee Lake down there, it poisoned the whole Atlantic coast. And now they can't even use the beaches. When the volcano blows up over in Iceland, it shuts down all of Europe. Whatever, where the fires burn in California, the ash comes to Orlando. It doesn't make any difference. Whatever sin happens, the marvelous thing about sin is that it cannot be contained in a, bo- in a bottle. It's like a Pandora's box. It's been opened and it's gone all around the world. So when young men are slaughtered, Those are my children, and I weep for my sons, and I weep for your sons because sin cannot be locked in a bottle. If you commit, if you take drugs, I got to drive on the same street with you, and it affects me. When you shoot, your bullet will come to my house. That's the way sin is. But one of the things she teaches me in this is that faith is believing the invisible. Faith is believing the invisible. This young woman had heard about Jesus. Everybody heard about Jesus because he was a celebrity. They all knew of it. They heard that he can heal. He, They heard that he had healed lepers. He, Maybe she heard that he could turn water into wine. Just give him some water. It becomes wine. Maybe they heard... Uh, about him healing blind people or feeding folks. She heard lots of things. Whispers came because Facebook is the only way you can get news, right? And those folks knew. And so when Jesus got off the boat, folks had already heard about the pigs from way over across the lake. They passed the news on. And so she heard, and she had been dealing with this for a long time. But this young woman, she believed the invisible. She believed that he could heal her. Oh, but she did something different. It's an amazing story because all the other times Jesus had spoken, maybe he got mud and put it on people's eyes, maybe even spat. But no time in scripture, any other time, no other time did anybody just touch his garment and was made whole. Nobody ever did that. There's no other story. Isn't that right, Brother Lynn? No one ever touched his garment, but she believed in something that never, ever was. If I, she even said it, she spoke something foolishly. If I, and it's quoted, a quote in scripture, if I could just touch, if I could just touch it. Nobody had done that before. Girl, who told you you can do that? She believed things that are that the impossible could be done. Things that are invisible. Things that have never happened before. She believed it. She dared to touch. She dared to touch. If he doesn't even have to look at me, I can be healed. I want. To, I want that kind of faith. That's faith that says it's never happened before, but if I touch. Wanda, you could become a chaplain, but there are no women chaplains. So I can touch. You can become a doctor or a nurse, or you can become a whatever you want. It never happened before. You can become a president. You can sing. Oh, I had a young man who could not sing, but he believed he could sing. He couldn't play the piano either. But he wanted to and he believed he could. So every every opportunity he would get there on the piano and he would plunk, 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 and he would sing. Anytime they needed special music, oh, he's gonna sing again. You know that boy's voice got so good he could go all around the world singing. What? He believed impossible things. He believed the invisible things. Faith is not logical. Faith is faith. You know, I have never figured out how a baby could come out a woman. I think it's marvelous. But how does something with that big a head come out of something that's so little, huh? Help me understand. How does that happen? But it does. I remember the story of the woman with the little boy who came home from church and he said, Mom, I don't believe all that stuff in the Bible. I don't believe it. Why? Mom, they said that Jesus took just five loaves and fishes and fed thousands and thousands of people. That's not possible. You can't take that. Other folks must have had some food and brought it out. It can't be. You can't. But I know Marcia could tell her you to do because every time she cooks for them folk, that food stretches. Amen. Mama said, Well, son, come in, come in. Let me show you something. Remember that watermelon you had last week? Yeah, Mama, I remember. What do you remember about that watermelon? Oh, mommy, it had so many seeds. Do you know that that watermelon, son, came from one seed? What? One seed made a watermelon, and how many seeds were in the watermelon? Mommy, that must have been thousands of seeds in the watermelon. You mean you can take one seed and make something that's got a thousand seeds? What? If God can take a watermelon, one seed, one mango, and make a tree that's full of mangoes. How can it be one mango make thousands of? By faith, dare to touch. And she said, I believe, I believe what I don't see. The second thing she, like, she teaches me is that faith can accomplish the impossible, but it's not easy. Faith is hard. Having faith is difficult. Amen. I mean, look at her life. Twelve years she had been praised praying for this 12 years the Bible says she spent all her money now she's broke she's been asking and praying and trusting and believing and going to the doctor and trying natural remedies and herbs and rest and water and whatever else but she tried and then Mrs. White says it's not easy see it wasn't easy because one she's a woman in a time where women were not that precious and special. And then she was bleeding. It's a spiritual task. When you, Because the life is in the blood. And in Leviticus it says, when a woman is bleeding too long, theirs is a spiritual affliction. And the woman is unclean. She is not to be touched by her relatives. She's not to be going to church services. She can't anything she sits on is unclean. She needs to live by herself. She can't have a boyfriend, a husband, a child, nothing. She is practically dead. And anybody, if she's out in a crowd and folks see that she is got an issue of blood, anybody has a right to kill her because she's unclean. And she'd have to go around like a leper saying, unclean. I'm unclean. Plus, she's been losing blood, so that means she doesn't have the physical strength to do stuff. So she's already at a loss and weakened immune system, and she's got all kinds of stuff going on in her. Faith is hard. And you know, for 12 years, if I've been praying about something, I don't want to keep praying about it. I believe. You don't hear me. You don't love me. See, it's a spiritual issue. It was a financial issue. It was a relational issue. And so faith is hard. When you are growing through stuff, when you're going through stuff, you want to give up. You want to quit. Faith is very difficult. It is not easy to hold on. Look at our desperate times. Do you believe it? We talked about it in Sabbath school today. We have a right to protect ourselves. That's right, we do. But what does faith say? Faith says, I don't have to. Faith says, you big enough to take care of me. Faith says, a thousand can fall over here and ten thousand over here. I don't have to take care of me. Faith says that if you know every sparrow, that you know my needs. Faith says that I will call upon you and you will answer me. I will stand on you. all Sing that. That song. I'm standing on the promises of Christ, my King. Faith says He that said it will do it, but it's hard because He takes long. that not You know, I work in a hospital. <laughs> Don't I love hospitals? Don't you know what hospitals are funny places? Because you come believing with faith that a doctor is going to be able to heal. Yeah, man. That's why you come, right? But I think. I've probably told y'all, but out front of every hospital, they have emergency, right? What does emergency mean? It means, help now, right now, we're going to fix it, right? Isn't that what it means? So you run. I'm bleeding. I'm hurt. (laughs) My heart hurts. I run into the hospital, and they say what? Sit in the waiting room. Isn't that what they do the first thing? Sit in the waiting room, and now you are a, what do they call you? Oh, patient. I think that's why, see, I think that's why they're called patient, because they keep running in the waiting room, and they say, help me, help me. And they said, be patient. And after a while, folks said, oh, I guess I'm a patient. And so I asked people, what are you learning? What is God teaching you in the hospital? Patient? because from the time you get into the hospital, anybody know what I'm talking about? From the time you get to the hospital, you got to wait. They got to rule out everything before they tell you what's going on in the first place. Amen. (laughs) And they tell you, patient, patient, desperate times, and you still have to wait. So faith, even coming into my hospital, is hard because I want it fixed now. I want it done quick, fast. And that's where she was, and that's where we are. Lord, how long must, uh, I remember when Ethan, who is now 24 years old, was about three years old. And I remember him sitting in the bed, and we were talking about Jesus and Jesus coming back. And I remember my little three-year-old saying, well, mommy, he's taken Wong. That was 21 years ago. And he's still taking Wong. He's still taking Wong. But oh man, I see him. I can almost hear the wheels turning. But faith is not easy, but it can achieve the impossible. And then finally, her story tells me that faith is an action word. Faith without works is, y'all remember the story of the man with the boat? And the lady was getting on the boat, and he, he was going to row her across, and he had one oar, and it said faith, and the other oar said works. And the lady got in the boat and said, excuse me, sir, <laughs> why are your, boat, your oars named? And she said, well, let me show you. He said, he started rowing with one, and he went in a circle this way, and he put the faith down, and all he could do was go in circles with faith. And he said, let me show you the other one. And he put some works, and he started rolling with that one, and it went this way. He said, if you do one, all you're going to do is go around in circles. Works will take you nowhere. Faith alone will take you nowhere. I remember one of my, I remember seeing this quote that says, oh, how did it go? Oh, it's like contentment is... Hungry man sits with mouth open waiting for roast chicken to fly in. I have faith that a roast chicken go fly in my mouth. That's faith. You better get up and go find some chicken and then cook it. But if you sit there, you're going to die of starvation. Amen? That's not faith waiting. I'm waiting for the Lord to just bless me. I'm going to sit here and wait for him to drop money on my house. You know, I used to do, (laughs) I tried it. Folks, I've been there, done that. You remember those sweepstakes they used to do every year? Marcy at Publishers Sweep, Marcy, I tried. It took me many years till I figured out God's not going to save me by the sweepstakes. I even bought magazines. I never got all the millions. I'm still waiting for the sweepstakes. I just wish they would accidentally come to my house and say, what the $5,000 a week for the rest of you? (laughs) Nah, that's not the way he's saving us. Faith without works will take you nowhere. That's why that baby girl just got up here and came to sing with her grandma. She said, I'll go sing. Yes, I will. Love the way, don't you love to hear them pray? I love hearing you pray. Who will pray? I I don't care nothing about that. I will pray. It's only when we get older we say, Well, they may critique me, you know. I'm shy. I love that's why he tells us to become like you. See, I want to be like you, where I say, Who wants to do it? I'll go. I want to be like you, saying yes, Lord, to your will and way, faith. Let me read it to you. See, let me read it to you. Desire of Ages. Desire of Ages. The wondering crowd, the wondering crowd that pressed close about Jesus realized no accession of vital power. But when the suffering woman put forth her hand to touch him, believing that she would be made whole, she felt the healing virtue. Virtue, so in spiritual things, to talk of religion in a casual way, to pray without soul hunger and living faith avails nothing. A nominal faith in Christ which accepts him merely as the Savior of the world can never bring healing to the soul. The faith that is unto salvation is not a mere intellectual assent to the truth. He who waits for entire knowledge before he will exercise faith cannot receive blessing from God. It is not enough. To believe about Christ, we must believe in Him. The only faith that will benefit us is that which embraces Him as a personal Savior, which appropriates His merits to ourselves. Many hold faith as an opinion, saving faith is a transaction by which those who receive Christ join themselves in covenant relation with God. Genuine faith is life. A living faith means an increase of vigor, a confiding trust by which the soul becomes a conquering power. That's faith. I become a power. I become a conquering power. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I'm not afraid, because I got faith. <laughs> That's faith. This young man came to this wise man. And he said, Oh, tell me, elder, how can I have this faith? And he was sitting by a, a brook. And it, he said, I want that kind of faith. And the old man took him and he just dunked him in the water, put him head first in the water. <laughs> After a while, he let him up. (laughs) He said, that's how you get real faith. When you want it like you want air, when you need it like you need to breathe, that's when you, when it is the most important thing I can't live without faith, that's when you will have it. When you cut off the TV and go into your closet. See, that's what's going on in our world. We're in desperate times. Things are happening so fast, Oh, the houses are going washing down the river and going up in flames, and all I've got is, God, all I have is you. All of us were weeping. I was crying for my world because of what's going on in the world. We're in desperate times. They that go forth with weeping, bearing precious sheep, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bearing their sheaves with them. Because of the desperation of our world, we're having to cry about this stuff. We're weeping. And when we need him that much, (gasps) I can't live. Lord, I need you now. My children are making stupid choices. Lord, I don't have any way to pay these bills. I need you. Uh, You will get great faith when everything is gone. You'll find that he's enough. Oh, my goodness. It's more. He does not care that you come and sit, swing your legs, and be entertained. doesn't care. What's your mission statement? What? What's your mission statement? Go. Get up out of here. Go make disciples. Go to work. That's our mission. That's what our call is. And we have to do it with earnestness because we're in desperate times. Amen. Faith is an action word. We've got to, like this woman, I've got to get through the press. I'm getting through. I don't, I don't care. If you all recognize me that I'm a bleeding woman, I'm going to risk being killed. I'm going to risk falling out, but I need to just touch his garment. and she pressed her way, and she was made whole. We're going to learn how we have to dare to touch. We're going to have to learn how to press our way. We're going to have to press. Press through prayer, press through Bible study, press through Sabbath school, press through reading, press through trusting, press through exercising faith. We're going to have to dare to trust because, dare to touch because we are in the last days and everything that can be shaken, everything. There's no safety. You can't run to the police for your protection, Mm-mm. you can't run to the doctor for your protection. <laughs> You can't even run up to the church. You know what? We got so much drama around this church. Have y'all noticed? Did y'all know that there was drama around this church? See, when you're not here, crazy people come here. Yeah, they do. I remember they, had, they were driving tracks around there. They, they bring their little bikes and they ride around. around the, other folks come and they find a little place back there and do their drugs. Oh, yeah. People come here and do all kinds of foolishness. They have not been able to come in here. Why? Because y'all been praying. The only reason they have not come in here is because you've been praying. But you better keep praying. Because there have been a lot of churches, <laughs> you know, churches that have people that have walked in and blown everybody away in the church. Y'all back out here in these weeds. Anybody can come back in here and rob you. You can't get out there this door and that door. And where are you going to go? It's only faith. You better press through. You better dare to touch. When you come in this building, you better pray first. And then when you leave, ask God to station angels. Because I've seen him at work around here. Because, see, you all have angels. Amen? How many of y'all know you have an angel? Oh, a bunch of y'all don't know. I'm sorry. But those of you that put your hands up, I'm glad. Because that means there are angels in here protecting us. They're guarding those doors and these doors and blessing us all over these places. I believe it. See, I have faith. Let me tell you about, you know, I love oh, did I bring it up here? There's a, the guide. I didn't bring it up. But in those guide magazines that I covered earnestly, in the guide, there's a story, a true story, about a little boy named Javier. Javier is five years old. He's 26 at the time of the writing, but he was five years old. And he was at, um, at a Saturday night social, and his mom said to him, Javier, I'm going with your sister, to get some medicine at the pharmacy. I'll be right back, son, but you stay here with the church members. He was having a good time. And then she went to the pharmacy, and then they went back to the house. The daughter and the mom went to get the little girl's inhaler. And while they were there, the knock at the door, mom said, who was that? Went to the door, and there was Javier, five-year-old Javier, standing there. Now the sun had set. And there was Javier by himself knocking on the door, five years old. Mom was horrified. Javier, why are you here? How did you get here? Oh, Mom, they were, after you left, they were cleaning up, and I didn't think you were going to come back in time, so... I decided to come on home by myself, oh, son, you could have gotten lost in the dark. You could have gotten kidnapped. You could have fallen and hurt yourself. Son, so many things. He said, mom, nothing could have, none of those things could have happened to me. Why? What? Mom, they could not have happened to me. Why not? He said, because, mom, I prayed. And when I left the church, there were two angels, one on either side. And they walked with me home. They walked with me home. They just walked me home, Mom, because I prayed. Changed the whole conversation. To this day, Javier said, yes, I saw two angels, not church members. I want that kind of faith that says, walk with me in these rooms in the hospital, Lord. Walk with me as I drive around Orlando. Walk with me when I fly to Ethiopia. Walk with me When I deal with any place, when I hang around alligators or wherever I go, or go to South Orlando, or deal with mosquitoes, walk with me, Lord. I don't have to be afraid because I've got angels. In this story, it says that Mrs. White says in in high places, she writes that Jesus went with Jairus. And he positioned himself. He positioned himself so that that woman could touch him. He left at the right time because he always knew her need. And he walked so that she could touch him. Isn't that amazing? I know your name. He knows you. He knows your story. He positions you and your circumstances so that you would reach out and touch him.